you are listening to the holistic travel nurse podcast a podcast to inspire and encourage you to give you information and technology and things that are not talked about when it comes to your health all of your health your body soul and spirit i found these old videos um and i don't know this was when this talk was given but about diet and um we're going to start with that then we're going to go into a little bit about what we find in the patents that Karen Kingstein, um I don't know really know who she is, but I've heard her talk a few different platforms. And um, I have clips of the part of it. I want you to listen and you can go hear the whole thing and I'll kind of tell you where I don't put the links in my notes. I think you're an adult to go find these things. This one is kind of hard to find. This one was on um, Rumble. It wasn't that many views, wasn't talked about very much, or, but it's the um, platform is called The Cancer Doctor. So here we go with this one. Yeah, any kind of medication, supplement, even if they're called natural, how they are made is the producer wanting to make a very good product goes to a laboratory and said, I want a natural vitamin, all completely natural. I don't want you to use anything unnatural in it. And the laboratory says, oh, I can do that. And you know how they do that. They go to General Foods, General Mills, Purina, and they buy all of their leftover food waste. And that's what they take the elements from. It's been subjected to 60,000 chemicals, highly processing and full of toxins. Then that company will use a natural solvent and that natural solvent is kerosene. And they use kerosene derivatives to extract the nutrients that will be put into your pill or liquid or whatever it is. How many of you would soak your food in kerosene for 30 minutes, rinse it off for 45 seconds and eat it? That's what you're doing when you're having any supplement. I had a, I gave this. Okay, not all, but some supplements, yes. And a big famous natural supplemental company filed a lawsuit against me. I showed them all of my research with all laboratories and told them about the kerosene and where they got the stuff. And this company said, no, we provide our own food. We grow our foods. I said, but if you grew your foods and just use your food, you'd still have to use kerosene as the extractor or a kerosene derivative. Plus you would be charging a thousand dollars a pill. They have to go get waste product to make it uh, viable, profitably viable. So that company backed off. No one has been able to sue me because what I have to tell you is correct. If you want good, healthy nutrients, the only place you're going to get them is raw food. Now you have to consider Again, this is a long time ago. There has been um, quite a few other people that this is why you work with a healthcare practitioner, or this is why you work with a naturopath who knows the supplements and the companies that are trustworthy when it comes to getting supplements. Okay. 22 degrees, you've destroyed most of your major vitamins, including vitamin A. By the time you've hit 32, 132 degrees, you have destroyed all of those 
natural vitamins, enzymes, and uh, subcategory uh, nutrients. When you get up to 141 degrees, which was the old pasteurization temperature, and for only 15 seconds, you cauterized 50% of your calcium. That means you were unable to utilize 50% of your calcium. Now, the higher the temperature goes, you reach all kinds of points of destruction. Protein destruction, fat destruction that causes lipid peroxides, heterocyclic amines, um, and uh, all sorts of compounds. There are 32 known toxins produced from cooking. All of those cause buildup of toxins in the body. When you reach a point of cancer like I had, you're in really bad shape. And I was 20 years old. My death sentence was 21. I first got an ulcer. The treatment for that gave me tumor on the ulcer. The treatment for that was a vigotomy pyloroplasty. They removed the tumor, sewed up, stretched my duodenum into three times the normal size, completely scarring it and severing all the nerves to my vagus, uh, all the vagus nerves to my stomach, so I would no longer secrete hydrochloric acid. If I had no hydrochloric acid, I couldn't have an ulcer, right? But how about protein digestion? They put me in the category of octogenarians who cannot produce hydrochloric acid and digest their proteins. So basically, how was I to live? They also told me, because I didn't produce hydrochloric acid, that I would be um, in danger of death if I ate anything raw. I had to steam apples, bananas, no matter what it was, everything had to be cooked. Now you take a look at that. Well, if that destroys all the nutrients, then how am I going to benefit? I did what they said. I ended up a worm on the floor. I was so painful on my back because the radiation was so intense. They cauterized five inches of my back. It was solid. If I made even a bit of movement, I was excruciating pain. I lived on a floor, crawling on the floor like a worm. So much pain, I couldn't urinate into a vessel, couldn't defecate into a vessel. I vomited and urinated and defecated all over myself and just traveled around the wooden floor of the living room, dining room combined, just doing that. And then a couple of volunteers from the hospice uh, came to help me several days a week, and they would clean, up, clean me up in the whole house. And one of them was an 18-year-old African-American boy from Watts. He said, if you drink carrot juice and raw milk, you'll probably reverse your uh, cancers. I lived on powdered donuts and RC cola, you know? What's this about carrot juice and raw milk? And at the point after the, uh, the radiation therapy, within a few months, uh, well, a few weeks, six, seven weeks, all the bone deteriorated around my gum. Because why? I had damaged the blood and bones so that I developed multiple myeloma, cancer of the blood and bone, and then developed lymphoma from the, the chemotherapy. So their therapies give you cancer. They make about, nowadays, they make about 280,000 per cancer patient. That's a lot of money. Back then, they got 160,000 for me. 
and uh, they still are doing very well. They do not want a cure for cancer. And the cure for cancer is Dr. Samuel Epstein, who was a doctor for several uh, presidents, said the only cure for cancer is diet. All of the medical professions, uh, treatments for cancer are only harmful and will not get you, get you well and will promote more cancer. Now let's take a look at what cancer is from my perspective. When I did autopsies and did my research, what I found was cells, mainly 98% of a tumor was always dead cells. Dead cells the body couldn't clean, dissolve, and eliminate from the body. Why? Because the lymph system didn't move. Now, how did we go from 60 years ago, one cancer in a thousand to one cancer in two of your, uh, uh, two of your male and one in three of your female, according to Samuel Epstein? How do we go from that? We went from that because we went to trans fatty acids. Trans fatty acids are vegetable oils or mineral oils or petroleum oils that are hydrogenated. And when you hydrogenate an oil, you turn it into plastic. That's how plastic is made. So you're eating plastic fats. Now what do these plastic fats do? They dehydrate and solidify in the body, mostly in the lymphatic system, because the lymphatic system bases, bases 60 to 80% of its work on fats. So you have this waxy, hard fat in your lymphatic system. You're not going to clean the body. You're not going to take those dead cells and dissolve them. So the body is going to start building them in little fibroids all over the system. If you're a lucky female, you've got all of that tissue down there to build it. That's why women live longer. They have a depository down there and can get rid of a lot of the tumors without, with dead cells without forming into tumors that will block functionality elsewhere, such as the heart, lungs, or liver. So dissolving the dead cells is the main focus of cancer. How do you dissolve dead cells? I found it's very easy. Now, I'm I'm 44-year cancer survivor. As of December, I was supposed to die in December of 68. And here I am today, almost 65, speaking to you today. And I have a 95 on my diet, I don't. I don't cure anybody, food does. And when people go on my diet, they have a 95% success rate. Not only cancer, but everything else. And uh, the esteemed Dr. Elnora Van Winkle, who is the chief um, neuroscientist uh, at Columbia University in New York City, challenged me. So I gave her, this was in uh, 2002. She challenged me um, about that record. And then I gave her two of the 242 cancer patients that I've worked with up to that time and uh, that had been on the diet for at least six years. And she called every one of them, found that 96% of them were still alive and well and still doing the diet about 90%. And the ones that passed away, guess how much of the diet they did? 40 to 50%. 
and the ones who were the 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 ones who died they were very thin people i tell everybody in my books get fat fats fats are what dissolve toxins in the body your body gets the best energy from fats it will dissolve toxins for fats from fats and it will it will protect and strengthen the body. So fats are the most important. Now you can say, oh, uh, you don't look so fat, right? Well, that's because I've been eating nothing but raw since February of 72. And when you uh, research and look at uh, fats under an electronic microscope, especially after they're broken down in the stomach and uh, in the area where the bile dumps, you find that these molecules are very, very tiny. When you take a cooked food and you analyze that, you'll find that these swell five to 50 times their normal size. So you take fat back, you know, like, uh, you know, the uh, uh, pork rind, and it's very, very thin, and then you cook it, and what happens? It's this big, swollen. So I'm 18, no, right now I'm 19% body fat, and I look like I'm seven to 10% body fat. That's because all the fat in my body has been made with very tiny raw molecules. So I eat at least two pounds of raw unsalted butter weekly and a quart of raw cream. And I mean heavy, heavy, thick cream, which would be like two quarts of thin cream. I eat a tremendous amount of fats. I tell all of my cancer patients that they should get at least, women should get at least 23 pounds overweight and men should get at least 35 pounds overweight. Those fats are responsible for absorbing the toxins that are killing your cells. If you have already collected a lot of cells, dead cells in the body and you have cancer, you have to stop your body from collecting more. You have to make sure that it dissolves those dead cells so the body can eliminate it, either perspire it or dump it out the intestines. Now you're not gonna perspire it out the skin as the main uh, organ to discharge it unless your lymphatic system is working properly. So let's get to how we do that. Okay, we'll have all the fats in the body, we have the protection. Any more toxins break down, we inhale any, any that comes in our environment, any that may be in the food, they may lie. We have organic food, but they lie. FDA allows them to use 15% toxic substances even in organic food. So to protect ourselves from this, we have all these fats. So now we have the fats to, to protect us and to also dissolve the toxicity. How do we get that lymphatic system moving? Hot baths. Saunas don't do it because they're too hot. It'll, even the infrared ones, they go up to 137 degrees. What temperatures start destroying the enzymes in skin? 110, 112 degrees. So we need to keep, have like a, keep a constant temperature of about 108 degrees. For 90 minutes is what I found. I've seen tumors dissolve overnight if somebody has been in a hot tub for six, seven hours. Doesn't happen in every case, in most cases, if the tumor's deep. If the tumor's on the skin, that's a normal process. So dissolve it with heat, water, heat. Now, if you have 
um, municipal water, you've got a lot of contamination. And if you're in LA, proper LA, not in the valley here, your water's been used three times before it gets there. 196 chemicals, but it's bacteria free. That's what the, that's what the government tells you. Oh, it's bacteria free, it's safe. But you've got all of the industry here in the valley and up in Sawdust before it gets to LA. So you have 196 chemicals in the water if you live in LA. Here you've got 141 in the valley. So take a look at that. You need to protect yourself. I recommend putting about a raw, a cup of raw milk in the bath with about three tablespoons of raw apple cider vinegar and some sun-dried sea salt. And that will neutralize the poisons so that they don't get into your tissues and cause more problems. Now, when I used to get into the LA water without those ingredients in it, I would be shaking like I had five cups of coffee in just minutes. Six minutes, I would be a nervous wreck. So I had to experiment and learn how I could defuse these toxins that were in the water. And just think about it, all the people who use, you know, paint thinners and the industry that use all their solvents and muriatic acid, all of that's in the water and not filtered out well. So you have to protect yourself. So you get into, and the, the hot tub is the best, like an Ofuro uh, Japanese hot tub. I think you can get them for like $1,850 now, and they used to be 6000 And then the works, if you get those in parts and have a plumber come in and put it all together, you can have a whole setup for about $2,500. And let me tell you, that's the best money you'll ever spend besides good nutrients. So you dissolve those dead cells. You make sure so your lymphatic system can dissolve dead cells on a daily basis because you lose a tremendous amount of cells every day. And if you don't dissolve them, they will collect. That's why cancer can grow so quickly. And it isn't a growth of the cancer cell because the cancer cell is the, is the remedy. Cancer cell is the cure. Why is that? Because when I fractionated the cancer cell, what I found was it had a fluid in it that would dissolve anywhere from 50 to 200 dead cells that surround it. And like I said, in a tumor, you will only have less than 1 to 2% cancer cells in this whole dead mass. So the cancer cell, when it dies, it sets all, all this fluid to dissolve all this dead tissue around there. Your body had better be fat and prepared to deal with that kind of dissolved toxicity because whatever has killed that cell, whatever industrial chemical has killed that cell or compound, whichever it may be, will do more damage. It can dissolve your whole tissue. And it's very easy to take the hot baths and eat properly. Reversing cancer is that easy if you know what you're doing and you understand it. All right, so let's, let's listen to a little bit about the cancer and the ketogenic diet, okay? I'm gonna talk specifically about a study I'm involved with uh, in collaboration with Dr. Jeff Bullock at the Ohio State University, and I've been trained to say it that way, so. 
Um, so uh, yeah, Joe's been very kind. He's a super guy if you ever met him, and and if you haven't, you should because he's just great. So. Um, so just to get started now, there is this little bit about COVID-19, and that's because the lab I work at at the um, uh, BC Cancer Research Centre in Vancouver, which by the way, I'm not sure if you know, but British Columbia has the best cancer outcomes on the planet for most cancers, and a lot of that is due to the research that's going on at the BC Cancer Research Centre. We're a true leader in cancer research. Uh, I'm at the University of Fraser Valley, so I'll just switch over to, um, to my uh, affiliations. Um, and you'll see in the bottom, uh, bottom right there, the Canadian Clinicians for Therapeutic Nutrition. This is a Canadian kind of version of the Nutrition Coalition. Now, how many people know about the Nutrition Coalition? Okay, listen, I think we got to give Nina Teichschultz a huge round of applause. <laughs> Nina, I, Nina I, hope you're, I, I hope you're watching the live stream, Nina, because you have, you have worked tirelessly to try and advocate for, for better policy. Um, and and I really, we all really appreciate that. So um, here's my disclosures. Um, you know, it's difficult when you're researching ketogenic diets to get federal money in the United States or in Canada because they're advocating uh, in their policy for, for still low-fat, high-carb diets. So uh, our funding is, is from the John and Lottie Heck Foundation, for which we're really grateful. I have no other disclosures other than the fact that I've written a book called BioDiet, which is really a, a how-to uh, but a why to for ketogenic diets. So what, this is for the layperson. And how many physicians do we have here today? Lots of physicians. Great. You know what? Because in my mind, when I was writing this, I was writing it for you, because I teach all the pre-med students and so on. I teach uh, anatomy, physiology, pathology, health. And I, what I realize is that you don't get a lot of nutrition education in med school. So I said, well, we need to have a, a kind of a guide for you to talk to your patients. So what I'm, I'm really just a teacher. I'm just a humble teacher, and so what I need to teach are some simple stories and some simple models that help get those ideas into people's heads so that they can take them home. And uh, I'll show you a couple of those today. So why consider a ketogenic diet? <clears throat> I'm a scientist. I'm only interested in the science. Man, when I, when my PhD is in mathematical biofluid dynamics. I went to Cambridge University as well as a postdoc there. Uh, when I came into nutrition science, I looked at the whole field and I said, this is just muck. I'm looking for evidence-based stuff, you know, randomized controlled trials and so on. I don't see any of that here. I spent two years looking for, looking for this notion that saturated fats cause heart disease. Two years I spent looking and I, well, you could spend 10 minutes because it's not there. I'll tell you, just save yourself, save yourself the time. There's no good robust science to show that saturated fats correlate with uh, uh, coronary heart disease. Um, so the health benefits we know about, other people are talking about it, we know it's the best weight loss and control. Uh, uh, we know about the, uh, the biomarkers for triglycerides, triglyc uh, uh, cholesterol, uh, and HDL. <clears throat> we know, um, and I believe, uh, uh, you know, Sarah Hallberg's going to be talking later about the, the stable blood sugar and stable insulin. Done some great work at uh, Indiana University and with Verta. Um, less systemic inflammation and, and the pain that goes along, along with that and, you know, the improved energy, stamina, better sleep and all kinds of other things. And one of the questions I have now, um, I'll get to a little bit later, but, you know, this is in, we, you know, we're having the COVID-19 uh, experience right now and I don't mean to take that lightly, but how many people here are keto adapted and have been for, say, two years or so? Can you put your hands? Okay, that's great. Now, how many people have noticed that they're not getting the same flus and colds that everybody else are getting. So, you know, let's turn around and look at everybody else. It's almost the same people. And I notice the same thing, too, and I keep telling uh, Jerry, you know, I just, like, I haven't had a sniffle since the first Obama administration. <laughs> so you can count back. It's about eight years. 
And, you know, everybody else around me kind of gets the flus and sick, take time off. I just don't get it. Now, how many of those people, here's another interesting question, how many of those people felt like they were getting sick, they had the aches, chills, the headache, they go, oh, man, i got to cancel everything tomorrow, and then you wake up tomorrow and you feel fine. How many people experience that? See, same people again. Why? Do you know what that is? That's gamma interferon, and I'll talk about that in a second. So here's the sort of model. This is a nice model if you want to take a picture of something um, from the European Journal of Clinical Nutrition showing the various areas where we're studying um, uh, ketogenic diets in a therapeutic way. There's, there's, there's about 30 or 40 different diseases that are being studied right now. The stuff on the left is that for which there is uh, very strong evidence. So diabetes, for sure. And, you know, thanks again to Sarah Hallberg and her team and Amy and the rest of the group at Verta for, for doing the really great uh, science to show that. Um, the cardiovascular risk parameters, I, I mentioned those already, the lower triglycerides, higher HDL and some others. Uh, weight reduction for sure. Epilepsy, you know, it's been used for over 100 years for epilepsy. And, you know, Eric Kossoff at uh, Johns Hopkins has been a leader there. So, in the, in the, um, on the emerging side, on the right, um, and if you look, you know, it's kind of small, but if you look at the mechanisms, it's all the same thing. It's all anti-inflammatory, it all addresses insulin resistance, and it all addresses, like, weight loss and obesity and so on. And so there's now emerging evidence that it's a good therapeutic for acne. So, you know, kids are getting bad acne and they stop eating fat because they think that's related to it. Now, take them off sugar and you'll be surprised how much that acne clears up and how quickly. Um, neurological diseases, all kinds now. Parkinson's, even autism is being studied. Uh, PCOS, uh, which is really uh, due to insulin resistance. So if you can address insulin resistance, you can address PCOS. And then my area of research, which is cancer, and uh, it's actually, I, I love the fact that Dr. Lustwig was talking about this yesterday. You're going to see a lot of the same themes here today. So here's my question to you, and I have an answer, because never ask a question unless you have an answer, right? So, so the question is, politicians should follow that. Uh, uh, like especially the, you know, Cameron in, in Britain. Don't ask a question unless you know the answer. So therapeutic, uh, ketogenic diets are effective therapeutic for neurological diseases and for metabolic diseases. And I consider cancer, diabetes, cardiovascular disease and so on all to be metabolic. Yes, including cancer. And Dr. Lustwig spoke to that yesterday. So the question then is, what do they have in common? So I'm a design thinker. How many people here are, have an engineering background? Because a lot of engineers come to keto. You know why engineers come to keto? Because they're design thinkers. Because they look for the root cause of a problem. That's what they're trained to do. And that's what design thinkers do. So if I keep looking back and I look inside the body and I look inside the organs and tissues and down to the cells, down to the molecules, I see one thing that unifies all of this and it's the mitochondria. Uh, these are our frenemies within. If you know the kind of, if you, if you know your first year biology, you know these are some sort of little bacterial things that got absorbed into our cells way back in evolutionary past. And they now, they actually have some of their own DNA, they have some of their own genes and so on. Um, but they work within our cells, they divide within our cells, they have their own little life cycles. They're our frenemies within. If we look after them, we will be healthy. If we don't, we will get sick. And I actually think that all of these chronic diseases, you know, as, as physicians or clinicians or even physiologists like me, we like to categorize things. Diabetes, that's high blood sugar. You know, cardiovascular disease, that's, you know, something happening in the blood. But these, ladies and gentlemen, are all the same thing. That's what I believe. I believe that all of these chronic diseases are the same thing. We're starting to see that now. We're starting to call Alzheimer's type 3 diabetes, thanks to Suzanne de la Monte, Brown University. So, if there's, a, if there's a, one of my take-home messages, it's that. I think in the next 10 years, you're going to see a lot of medical research looking at the mitochondria, as Dr. Lustig is doing, and that's where we're going to find the root cause of chronic disease. So here's the model I have. 
And uh, I'll tell you when to take a picture of this because I want you all to go home with this and talk to your patients. This is how simple it is, folks. And I've talked to researchers and clinicians and physicians all over all over the world now uh, about this. And I present this model. Now, go all, especially the physicians go, yeah, yeah, you know, obesity, insulin resistance, inflammation. If we can do something about those, that's like 70% of chronic disease we could address. Think of the savings to the healthcare systems if we could address those three things. So. We talked about obesity, we talked about insulin resistance. We haven't talked a lot about inflammation today. So how do you know if you have these? Well, obesity is easy. You take your clothes off, you stand in front of the mirror, you turn sideways, and there's your answer, right? Because that's the obesity we're talking about. It's, it's mid-abdominal obesity, uh, that visceral obesity that's important, and of course in the, in the liver, as we learned yesterday, too. Um, how do you know you're inflamed? Well, you know, as you're getting older, uh, you know, like I'm starting to get older, you start to hurt. And people have sort of come to the conclusion that that's just a natural process of aging. You get old, you get aches and pains. You don't have to, folks. That is, that is due to inflammation, what we call chronic systemic inflammation. Most of that is due to excessive carbohydrate that's been circulating in your blood that causes things called AGEs, advanced glycated entities. And again, Dr. Lustig spoke to that yesterday. And that uh, creates a systemic immune reaction. Plus, Half of the cells in that fat are macrophages and they're releasing all kinds of nasty stuff that's making that inflammation worse. How do you know if you're insulin resistant? Well, that's a little tougher. You know, we talked about some tests. Mark talked about those yesterday to look at if you're insulin resistant, what happens. Generally, we look, you know, at your blood sugar levels. But personally, if you're getting brain fog, that's probably insulin resistance of the brain that's starting. That mild cognitive impairment or even pre-mild cognitive impairment, that's probably a sign that you're becoming to, your brain is starting to become insulin resistant. And you can reverse that. Because you know when you go on ketogenic diets, my friend's called the Harper High. All of a sudden they just go, oh wow, I woke up one day, Dave, and I, I just felt fantastic. I go, yeah, now your brain is burning ketones, which it likes to do and prefers to do with less reoxygen, reactive oxygen species and so on. And so, uh, so your brain works better. So it's like switching from a gas-powered car uh, to an electric car, and suddenly your brain's working better again. So what happens with this? I call it the axis of illness. Remember George Bush II and his axis of evil? You know, I think it was North Korea and Iran and Iraq, and then they threw some others in after the fact. Um, so I call this the axis of illness. So this is the recommended diet. Um, and still, out there in Canada, uh, the US, and elsewhere, really, this is the high-carbohydrate diet that's being recommended. And what happens if you eat a high-carbohydrate diet uh, to this model? Well, as you might think, they all get worse. <clears throat> and you end up with chronic disease. So about 70% of chronic disease is due to these three elements. Those are the big killers. And uh, again, if we can do something about that, that's great. Now the other thing, you'll notice those arrows are going in all directions. And that's because we know obesity makes insulin resistance worse and vice versa. Obesity makes inflammation worse, as I just explained, and vice versa. Insulin resistance and inflammation are tied together. And again, Dr. Lustig showed some of that yesterday. So uh, this is the model, the simple model for disease. And you can tell your patients. And this is what you know, we now call this you know, metabolic syndrome or whatever. But these are the three things. And you can look them up. Just go and Google how many chronic, you know, what percentage of diseases due to inflammation. So it'll all come up to 70%. So think, if we could address these three things, then we would be able to sell the health care system a lot of money. And listen, we're all here to help people have healthier, happier lives. So this is the message we need to get across. So here's the good news, the really good news about ketogenic diets. If you look at that model, the axis of illness, what happens if you take carbohydrate out of that model? If we reduce the carbohydrate load, and I would agree with Dr. Lustig, especially sugar and high glycemic index starches, 
What happens with that? Well, they all diminish. And because there's this vicious cycle that makes them all worse, when you make them better, they all get better. And we've seen, even within a few weeks, um, how many people have treated diabetics that have seen you know, significant improvements in three or four weeks? Again. And, and if they're improving there, they're improving their insulin resistance, then their inflammation's going down, their obesity's going down. It all, it's, all, it's all connected. And it's all, what you're doing is you're feeding your mitochondria the diet your mitochondria wants to eat. And if you do that, your mitochondria will be happy and you'll be healthy. So, uh, again, the chronic disease is greatly diminished with a ketogenic diet. So this is my model. So that was such a good talk that you can go hear the whole thing of. But that was just, that fit, ties into what I had the first guy talking about. But he was eating a raw diet. Um, again, the diet you're eating depends on what kind of health you're going to have. Um, let's go to Karen Kingston's uncovers patient revealing cognitive action spike protein structures in the shot. Here you go. Um, and I can find the videos, but some doctors, when they're looking under, you know, a standard, I guess, 400, 500 magnification, is that what was standard one is microscope? I'm not a scientist. Like um, anywhere from, let's say 20 to 2000. Okay, yeah, I think the, a lot of doctors were using like a 500 magnification. They would just see, you know, when they looked at the product, the vials underneath a microscope, you know, when certain temperatures change. I, there's a, a an engineer that's been on Stu Peter's show where he was like exposing like different frequencies, uh -huh. you know, and right. he'd see these colors. And they'd see like the, like this teslaphoresis thing anyway. So, okay, so... I, I think, I can provide links on Substack to what some of the um, researchers have seen. All right, that that that's interesting. Um, yeah. And just for the audience, I mean, all kinds of substances do fluoresce when they reach that excitatory state upon being exposed to wavelengths of electromagnetic energy. So what you're saying actually makes sense. And there's all kinds of things that fluoresce. Like, you know, it's hey, Halloween's almost here. You can go out and you can you can buy like Halloween decorations that fluoresce under. A black light, for example. So this isn't uh, this isn't a crazy theory. It's well known information. Well, yeah, and I and I can, but I can get evidence that it that the that the when somehow or another when the vaccines are activated in some way, they actually give off this rainbow color. Yes, which is what quantum dot looks like, right? And I just showed the patents show that quantum dots in there. This is what they are. Uh, Thermo Fisher is somehow involved. They have Q dot labels. I mean, um, but what's interesting is that you can't just inject people with quantum dot, right? You just can't take what's out of your TV and stick it in someone's body and it's going to know where to go. Uh, we're going to, it needs a technology, which is a single wall carbon nanotube. And uh. what is that? Well, it's a graphene oxide based structure. That's one atom thick. And it encapsulates, right, we're going to get into this. It encapsulates the quantum dot and then it's put in the cubazone in the LMP, the lipid nanoparticle and delivered in the body. Now what's, really terrifying and a deep betrayal is that this patent is, is under the Moderna patent, as I mentioned, but it's owned by the Chinese government, the Chinese military. It's the, the pro intellectual property of China. So wait a second, you're saying that Moderna lists this patent on their website? No, you have to go through that master patent that I showed you, Yeah. right? The Moderna lipid nanoparticle one. And in that patent, there's about 90 other patents that refer other technologies the single wall carbon nanotube technology is referenced in that patent. Oh, uh, and this is this is the single wall carbon nano 
too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when you read a patent, there's just like when you read a peer-reviewed journal, there's all these other references or alphanumeric, like for the patents, alphanumeric codes. So right. if you want more detail on exactly what that is, you have to go read that 90-page document. So you're saying that Moderna's delivery technology was based on what was intellectual property that's owned by China? Part of part of it is, yeah. Part of it's owned by China. The Chinese and this, was, who is this? Tsinghua uh, University, Beijing. Okay, that, those are the applicants I see. And, and then Taiwan, yeah. Really? Isn't that Where's that? Oh, okay, New Taipei. Yeah, New Taipei. That's Hong High Precision Industry in New New Pai, yeah, New Taipei, Taiwan. Well, that's really unusual to have Taiwan and Beijing cooperating on a patent for technology. Well, but I mean, I just know during the PPE, and I, again, I work in medical device, but when PPE was short, the only way to get any kind of PPE out of China was through either Taiwan or South Korea. Hmm. So I don't think it's that odd, but it's still owned by, so if they want to export this from China and there's embargoes, they'd have to go through Taiwan. Okay, or good South point. Korea. Yep, I think you're right. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, kind of, kind of know where some of this stuff. Yeah, is. you've done. I mean, yeah, you've yeah. looked at every reference in these patents, so you, yeah. you've done tremendous amount of research on this. Yeah, yeah, and I just, I also understand uh, global shipping. I mean, I've worked in global medical device and pharma, so uh -huh. I know a little too much. Anyway, so <laughs> this is owned by China, so it's obviously, you know, this that's ultimately the owner is China. So why is this so alarming? Well, part of it is because, and I went over this a little bit last time, there's a military publication called Breaking Defense. And in January, 2020, there's a army program manager who's an engineer and physicist, physicist named Joe Key. And what his job was to work, was work on, um, and people can look the, the URLs, I can read the whole article. He worked on nanotechnologies, 5G and quantum dot. And his job was to work with the military to make sure you know, that 5G would activate um, you know, quantum dot. But then what's strange, what, what was disturbing is, and again, you can see it's all carbon nanotubes was like the subhead. He was working on specifically the carbon nanotubes. Yeah. He had this business or his, his army partner, this guy Myers. And so what, and you can see here is Chinese born, US trained, he, uh, engineer, you know, physicist and turned engineer turned program manager. Um, Oh, and he talks about his mathematician friend Myers, who he says is notoriously disconnected, disconnected from mundane reality. So he sounds like a sociopath in that description. But he talks about that, you know, key is attributed to shrinking the size of the carbon nanotubes. And then when they say a fraction of the size of the human hair, we're talking like one six thousand, you know, of the human hair. I mean, it's so tiny. It's so tiny. So, so key from China was working on the nanotubes, and then Myers was working on the quantum dots to get them down to six nanometers. And then they work together so that the, the single wall carbon nanotubes can encapsulate the quantum dot. And then that would go into the technology to be delivered into the human body. Okay, wow. Yeah. This is fascinating because in, in, in our food science lab, by the way, we use a carbon nanotube technology to lock up uh, pesticide molecules uh, in a water extraction from food samples. Wow. And the okay. pesticides fit inside carbon nanotubes, whereas other molecules won't fit inside them. And so it locks up the, the pesticides and then we can we can do the analysis. So this technology is used in, in biotech all the time. I mean, we we use it. Yeah, and I, I just want to read straight from the article. I mean, it says here, so Myers, 
is the evil counterpart of Key, right? And his job was, it says, Myers is funding research on quantum dots, minuscule crystals of semiconductor whose longest dimension is no more than six nanometers, meaning they could conceivably fit inside a nanotube. Mm -hmm. So why is a former Chinese resident perfecting Chinese military technology back technology is injected into all of our men and women on august 24th of 2021 right right yeah this is <laughs> really good, okay i'm gonna bring up that uh that article so i can cite it yeah carbon nanotubes quantum dots army thinks very small that's yeah. from 2020 that's interesting yeah it's from january 2020 i know it's interesting they, they're they're telling us what they were doing the whole time you just you just needed an analyst to find all the data <laughs> right no kidding i mean it was it was all there it was just behind a bunch of noise all right, so, so this, this seems like, well, we know that the military got a different injection than uh, the civilian population as well. What do you think that injection was? I, I, I don't, I don't have, uh, I don't have an opinion on that. I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. I just, All right, I just fair don't, enough. I don't have, I don't, you know, what, what I have is government, what I have is publicly available documents. I mean, I think that's the other thing people are like, where does she get her information from? It's like a government databases. I just know how to search them, you know? Yeah, you actually cite everything that you're talking about. You, have, yeah. you bring more documentation than anybody. Yeah, well, yeah, because I'm not allowed to opine. My job, no one cares about my opinion. I, I know people are like, that's so mean. It's not really, you know? You just, uh, I, all, I, all I had to do was bring evidence when I would go to these, these meetings, you know? So, yeah. Thank you. So, so let's. So, so the other thing I want to talk about is that you know we're talking about the COVID nineteen bioweapon injections that deliver this AI nano weapon, but I want to talk a little personal experience and then go into you know what um, what's actually being delivered. So, this was the testing they were doing at my son's school without parents' permission, and it was by a company called GenBody, and they were aggressively testing students that were injected. I, I want to be clear about that. So that they like there was a like. And they did it without the parents' permission. So wow. I looked up this company, and notice it's, it's COVID-19, which doesn't stand for the virus. It's Certificate of Vaccination, uh, ID, AI, and, and Clay Clark has said that. But the more evidence we see, this is about inoculating humans with an AI bioweapon that has parasitic properties. Like, that's what it's about. And I look up this company, and I look up on the FDA website, you know, look at where this stuff is going. And they, they were sticking up the kid's nose, like, you know, it could go up to the blood-brain barrier, down the throat. Like, there's no reason. This is a highly contagious respiratory virus. There's no reason to do the testing this way. Right. Straight from the FDA and Gen Body. I'm sorry, I don't... Oh, yeah, the, the link is down there. They can go to it. If it's still up there. I didn't check. Um, so I went to the... This is a South Korean-based website. I went to the South Korean uh, URL for it. On the left-hand side, that's the link to the NIH grant. So... When you go to their website about their gen body COVID-19 test, there's a picture of what is the spike protein. Like they're supposed to be allegedly testing for the full SARS-CoV-2 mRNA um, sequence and then antibodies. Like why are they showing this spike protein, this AI nano weapon on there? And I, I'm gonna take screenshots of this. And then it's important to know too that $10.3 million they got from the NIH, NIAID under Fauci, to then take the genetic you know, samples of students, my son, you know, and, and, and his friends, and send it off to a company in South Korea, you know, that probably is funded by the Chinese military. Wow. So, 
and I, this was not about, this was not about, you know, it's about collecting genetic material and it's about inoculating people with that nano weapon. So these we talked about last time, these are the images, right? So on the left-hand side, uh, that's an electron microscope image of a nanogel, an AI nanogel that's infected a cell. That's an actual image. That's not CGI. It's not a CAD file. You know, all the other stuff are CGI or 2D, 2G images um, that you see. But if right, they, and so that looks just like what they show us is the spike, pro, the, the, the spike exactly. sphere. It looks like the spike protein, but it's not the spike protein. It's the AI nano weapon inside of a cell. Wow. Well, you, you mentioned that last time and you were blowing people's minds that you're saying the spike protein is, it's it's the AI... Nanoweapon, bioweapon. Yeah, yeah, bio sorry. I want to call it a bioweapon because it's part biology, part technology. And I think when people hear nanoweapon, they think, well, it's just technology. No, it, it's part biology. And so it has, it can produce genetic sequences for viruses in your body. Well, it's like you said, it's organic hyphen inorganic. It's a yeah, hybrid it's, chimeric combination of tech. Yeah, it, it is, I mean... We're going to get to the tech. We're going to get to the pattern where it says that this technology is meant to spawn inside the body. It's a, par- it's, a it's a parasite. So this is this is the nanoscale borgification, basically. Yes, it, that's what it is. Wow. Uh, okay. Well, along those lines, then it seems like it hasn't been fully activated yet. Then in lots of people, it has not. It has not, and the activation is. Uh, is is very much contingent on uh, the the 5G fiber optics uh, network, and we I didn't I didn't pull the slides today, but also the quantum dots are activated uh, using LED. So there's also so light there's a light activation that's involved as well, and I've got to get that substack up as well. So it's LED, which is why they're putting those black lights everywhere. 5G and fiber optics that activate it, and they're going up like gangbusters, Mike, and they're ahead of schedule from what I've seen. But we'll, we'll have to cover that at another Okay. Time. All right. Let, let's continue then. Let's continue. Yeah. So just this is the so this is a peer reviewed article. You can see the title of it. I believe it was in PNAS. Um, but what you're looking at is the cargo systems of um, uh, magnetic nanoparticles inside cells. And so this, it says the sharp short. Uh, oh, he said that oligonucleotide. So what it's doing, it can it can produce a spike protein it can do the short codon sequences right to produce the spike protein yes yeah okay you get it all right yeah that, that's what it that's what these are so those are the spike i mean it's producing synthetic viruses in your body so we went over this last time too so this is a publication that's on um what they call smart magnetic hydrogel and again you can see the pegylated lipids you go to <laughs> Cinepeg, i'm going to write a subject on it they, they're the spike protein so this right. is one of the delivery layers right uh, and it talks about this is intelligent. We went over this last time. My right. point is, that's this pegylated lipid on the right-hand side at the bottom. Above it is what they stuck in my son. Wait, what? What did they stick in your son? With the, you're talking that, about with a swabbing? Yeah, that's what. This, yeah, don't. I mean, I'm not. We, I mean, we have to wake up to this. The swabbing, and I'll get to the patents where they they talk about the diagnostic test can be used to inoculate people. The, the, right. The, That's why I've, I've about, never been swabbed. It's all about inoculating people with this AI bioweapon. So even people who weren't vaccinated, if they were swabbed, they could have been inoculated. Yes, but the point, but in, and, and people are very concerned about that. And I, I think everyone should be concerned. There is a way to though, stop this, reverse it, treat it. You know, if we, t- it's because it's based on the quantum fields and stuff and energies. But, but, you know, like any poison or parasite, right, depends on how much you get 
inoculated with about how, you know what I mean? So people who had a test, you know, or maybe got exposure through a surface exposure that was sprayed down with these uh, AI bioweapons, they're they're not going to have as much in their body as someone that was injected. And as you pointed out, you know, it's very reasonable, right, that these have not been fully activated either. So. Yeah, well, a couple other things to, to bring in here. The, the size of, of these structures, it's so small that it could also be inoculated into you via mosquitoes because mosquitoes are injecting actually yeah. structures that are a lot larger, maybe orders of magnitude larger than these. So this yeah. could go into mosquitoes and it could also just go, it, it could be an aerosolized anything. You know, you know those air curtains that you walk through when you go into a commercial building? Mm-hmm. They have an air curtain there, you know, supposed to be for public safety, and it's just blowing air vertically down. Well, they could just have a like a little nozzle in that air curtain, and they could be spraying everybody with these things all the time. Yep, that's a, yeah, that's absolutely, you're a thousand percent correct. And like masks don't do anything. Like you said, these are one one hundred thousandth the size of size of the virus. I mean, <laughs> right. mask holes are several microns large or ten. Like they don't do anything. That's right. like, yeah. I mean, uh, like I said, James Giordano even talked about, you know, you know, even biohazard suits potentially not, you know, I think you need to be in a space suit to stop this stuff. Right. To be all doom and gloom. But um, l- Let me bring in something, just some breaking news that just appeared while we were talking. Uh, you know, the uh, UK Daily Mail broke that story about the Boston University uh, research with the 80% kill rate. Well, they have a new follow-up story that just came out that the top, the director of the NIH, Emily Erberding, or Erbelding, <laughs> sorry, she's the director at NIAID, mm-hmm. um, which is under the NIH. That's where that comes from. She says she was unaware of the details of the research. She only found out about these experiments involving enhancing pathogens on Monday. $1.1 million from the NIAID was listed as helping fund the research at Boston University. A spokesman said that. The NIAID was included as a as a courtesy, but it was not funded by the agency. But I covered this, and it says they were clearly funded by NIH and NIAID, and they thanked the agency. Yeah. So this they say, but this this is important, and I want your reaction on this. So Boston University is saying that because they did not receive funding, which is a lie, they did not have to clear the research with officials at the NIH. That's what they're saying now. So they never cleared the research even though it was gain of function. What are your thoughts on that? These are just evil scam artists. I, 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 I'm, I, I don't know why people have like, these, these people lie for sport. I mean, that it does, it comes like, it comes natural to them. So the key is, and, 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 and even if you read some of their documentation, if you read the early documentation about SARS-CoV-2 and the tabletop, I think that was done at event 201, they talk about it's very important to not have attribution. So who did that? And that's, they're playing this game. So when people are co-conspirators in a crime, they say, oh, I didn't know you did it. I didn't know you did it. Well, neither one of us really knew what was going on. Like, we don't know who did it. It's just, it, it's a it's a clear scam artist. Right. That's what it is. Yeah, except these both scams. Are, both are fully aware. They got the funding from the NIH, and the NIH is fully aware that they funded them, you know, through the NIAID for gain-of-function research. They're lying. You know, if I can, here's the thing, if I can go on the NIH website and publicly find the grant that funded the research, how can they say they didn't know they got it from the NIH? This is more, I mean, I'm not saying I did that for this, but I bet I could. Like, this is moronic. Well, actually, I, I did a story today 
that actually lists the grant numbers. So you can you can look them up. They're right there. We've got the grant numbers. And and, and by the way, data function research is illegal in the United States. Yep, it is. So so in a court of law, what should happen? Uh, again, I I I I I guess I feel lucky for people that they've never had to deal with sociopathic scam artists. But in a court of law what would happen is like if you have evidence that contradicts what the person you know is saying the defendant is saying constantly you know you can only find them for perjury so many times uh, and then eventually start holding the attorney accountable when you do that the attorney will then enter in to a plea and i can't remember what it's called but the plea again insanity it's, it's a crazy plea mike it, it, there's this it's it, it's not insanity but what what it is is they will state that the defendant doesn't know the difference between telling the truth and telling a lie because they state whatever it is they need to have a, a for their outcome. Therefore, they shouldn't be fined with perjury. And at this point, you should just take the evidence and make a, and make a decision. And then, and don't ask how I know this, but because I, I, I just have dealt with a lot of bad people in my life. But that's what needs to happen. This whole concept of questioning Fauci or questioning these, these people, you know, I mean, I know we don't have a good a fair judicial system, but at some point, it's just like, you know, when they continue to perjure themselves against evidence, the expert witness testimony doesn't mean anything when they're lying, right? you know, or right. their opinion. So, so I'm not sure. I'm very concerned, to be honest, about how, just what I've observed as far as how all of this information has been handled legally, all the COVID-19 stuff. I mean, there's a couple exceptions. I know Liberty Council has done a great job and won a few things, but there's a lot of things where I feel like I'm like, why does this seem like the dog and pony show between the judges and the attorneys that you see like in local divorce courts? Because it really seems like theater a lot. Uh-huh. I'm just, yeah. So. Well, yeah, it, it, it's it's a massive true conspiracy cover-up. Yeah. And just for the record, I want to I want to put this into our recording here. The grant number from the NIAID grant is R, as in Romeo zero one, and then check this out A I one five nine nine four five. One five what? One five nine nine four five, and again that's that's A I or A L, uh, depending. I, I I think it's A I. Okay. And, and then there's another one, uh, R37, it's in Romeo 37, AI087846. 087846. So look up those grant numbers okay. after this okay. and see see what you find. And Okay, for sure. I mean, you got the head or a head of the NIAID saying, oh, we know nothing. <laughs> we yeah, we no. know nothing about this, you know? Yeah, no, it's ridiculous. No, they just, they need to bring the evidence in. There, There is a plea where you basically say, the attorney goes, sorry, you can't listen to my uh, defendants because they're they're sociopaths. So not much I can do. Like, there's, there's literally a plea for it. That, wow. and that's, yeah, I know. We should call that the Fauci plea. The Fauci plea, yeah. Sorry, I'm a yeah. global sociopath genocidal sociopath so yeah so that's it you know what's interesting you brought that up is that uh, as i will go through all the patents for the COVID 19 quote-unquote vaccines when i found the technology ones so the biology ones all end in b2 the technology ones all end in a1 oh weird it, i know really weird well i wonder yeah. if that number i was reading you was actually a1 but no it looks oh, like i bet it is and then it probably gets rolled into one of these patents these genocidal I, patents i'm telling yeah. you no it looks like it looks like a i 
Well, I, I know how to, it's fine. I, okay. It's easy for me to search the NIH database. I know, I mean, there's all kinds of tricks, so I can look it up for sure. All right. Anyway. Okay, so let's, let's just keep going through this. So again, I, I know I'm beating a dead horse, sorry, but like, that's what they stuck in my son on the left-hand side. In the middle is a pegylated lipid nanoparticle that delivers magnetic hydrogel. And on the right-hand side is what the CDC is telling you is a biological spike protein. I mean, this is like a man who identifies as a woman and then beats a bunch of women in, in sports. This is the AI bioweapon. <laughs> sorry. Are you talking? Are you saying there are there are there are transgender viruses? <laughs> I know that was just a metaphor, but you can't you can't just go. You know, oh, it identifies as a spike protein. You know, like <laughs> right. that doesn't get you off of mass genocide and crimes against humanity. You know. Yeah. Well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I guess since yeah. <laughs> since the rules of biology have been abandoned by the establishment, I guess any anything they could say anything at this point. But go ahead. I'm sorry. That, I'm, that, was, that confusion's part of the plan. I mean, make no mistake. All right. So we went over this before. This is that, that master patent just to show the hydrogels. Um, but then this is the article, um, uh, and it's in the American Chemical Society. This was, I think, published in 2021. So this goes into really good detail regarding the lipid nanoparticles. I'm not going to go into tons of it. I'll write a, a substack on it, you know, and see some of the inventors are, are from China there as well. But um, so to the left is the lipid nanoparticle technology. And to the right is an image of the quote unquote spike protein from The Economist. And then what I want to just, oh, oh, is it in here? We'll get it to it in a second. What I want to go into is that there's actually eight layers in this technology, but let's go into the patent, the big picture idea, because I think that's what your listeners want to hear about. So there is this patent called the Intelligent Sensor Platforms Patent, and uh, it was filed in February of 2016. And it, Whoa, cognitive action? Pardon? It says it's capable of cognitive action? Yeah, and, and that's what the genetically engineered hydrogel is also intelligent. Oh my goodness, what? Cognitive action? Yeah. That means these things are thinking. Yep. Yeah, and I, I have to write this up. So, and they can, and they, and they connect with one another in the body and with other human bodies, and then up to the cloud, which they call the brain cloud. But so this is an intelligent sensor platform. So this is literally, it's more than surveillance under the skin. It's it, in this this platform specifically, um, as you can see here. This talks about the intelligent platform, and it's independent of you but then it can also be controlled through signals. Okay. And here's wow. where it goes into that there are cage elements. And again, those cage elements, some of them are that single wall carbon nanotube, as you were saying to cage, you know, toxins in this case, toxins or quantum dot or whatever else for delivery. Right, um, they, can, they can be carriers for payloads too. Yeah, exactly. And I have all the patents on the payload carrying too, that's in, in um, the Moderna, it's all there, it's all there. Um, so, again, this is an intelligent sensor platform. Oh, I didn't want to go into it. I didn't get to the point. But anyway, we, we it, oh, and it talks about the, the again, the payloads, the, the, the cage delivery. So going back to the um, American Chemical Society publication, so th this technology, now there's more than, there's, there's three master technologies, and within each one of those, they have more technology. But this one has um, basically eight layers to it. Uh, and these are each one of the, the layers, and I, I'm not going to go into all of them. I'm going to talk about the cubazone a little bit that, that can deliver the quantum dot. But 
if you take a look at each one of these layers and we go back to the publication I showed last time about the a natural cell has a lipid biolayer that doesn't allow them, you can't get steel helix mRNA viruses into, into a cell. Like they don't, they just don't penetrate the cell yeah. because of this lipid bilayer. Well, the, the outside layer of each one of these lipid nanotechnologies you can see right here is called the corona. So there's eight in this technology. Then I have the gene editing technology that goes in here. And these little probes are actually genetic probes based on called Raman SARS, S-E-R-S, I think. And then there's another one, um, I believe for the, uh, there's another one that like is, the, the, and I can show you like quantum dot has its own outer layer. So there's 10, Coronas within the technology. Wait a second. Ten crowns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, I am. Right. I uh, so what? Seven heads too on top of that? Is that? I, actually, I have. I probably could find it. I could probably find the seven. You know, maybe that would be the seven. The seven technologies that have different cognitive function. Who knows? But I have found. Again, you can see right here. They call the outer encapsulation of each one of these technologies a corona. And I found 10 encapsulated technologies that are coronas. That for, those, like for those listening who aren't familiar with scripture, this is, I think this is in uh, chapter 23 of the book of Revelation where this, uh, the, this woman is riding in on a beast that has, isn't it seven heads and 10 crowns, right? Oh, no, no out of the ocean comes a beast with, with uh, 10 crowns. Yeah. That, that's the first beast. So the first beast comes out of the ocean with 10 crowns. Um, and, 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 um, and then that, so that the, the 10 crowns, so, you know, I'm thinking, I don't want to like this. I'm not, I, I am not, a, I don't prophesy. I'm not great at scripture, but like, you know, think of maybe Bill Gates coming out with his 10 crown, you know, AI nanotechnology. And eventually that beast is supposed to fall. And then a second beast, uh, which is, has the head of a dragon and, uh, or it speaks like a dragon has the horns of a goat. Uh, after the first beast falls, he rises up. Uh, and he brings fire down for the sky to see. So think dragon is is SpaceX, and it's actually the skull of a dragon and horns of um, a goat. That's Elon Musk's actual logo, right? And so, uh, you know, eventually we may see some, some kind of strange dynamic handoff or of, I don't know, from Bill Gates to, that's what I'm just, I'm again, I'm, to Elon Musk. Well, so. to, to, anyway, to get back to, to your presentation, you know, it strikes me that, of course, the, the, the smaller the technology, the more dangerous it is because it can move freely throughout human cells. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yet they, they still have, apparently, even at this nano scale, they have cognitive function or computing platforms. I mean, and that, yeah. again, that's not hyperbole, that's mentioned directly in the patents. So, it's in the it's in the patent yeah this is in the patents that have not been publicly available so as we go through this patent again this is where you know again i just i get on my knees in front of god i really do well for I, I this patent do, like is there a link you can provide so i could link to it or i'm gonna i what i i'll get that out i want to do the write-up on it first because okay. just, unfortunately mike historically when i've been openly and freely just sending out information to people without having it written up first, it got, it was not reiterated correctly. Oh, I know how so, that goes. Yeah, I've had that yeah, happen you know to me that many times, yeah. Yeah, but it's called, I mean, it's called Intelligent Sensor Platform. So, um, but I, I'm, I'm working as fast as I, I can, but I, I just I just want to make sure that, like, I, I, again, I want evidence and I want verifiable, but 
here in section 002 of these intelligent sensor platforms and here on the right hand side, that's it. I mean, it looks again, which, which is the intelligent sensor intelligent platform with its own cognitive function that's spawning in your body and which is the spike protein. So it says here that it's for creating spawning. I mean, Satan spawns. Oh, I mean, wow. uh, comprising, modifying, repairing, regenerating, reassembling, control and regulation of one or more cells. Now, oh. you know, what did we talk about earlier? What can, what can Thermo Fisher's QDOT do? It can tag with quantum dot individual cells to right. send and receive signals from the quantum field. And what is this gonna do? It can control and regulate one or more cells. You know, from our last interview, there was a discussion or some speculation, and I was hearing this from other people who heard your interview, and they were, they were thinking that it's almost like the human body is a host for the rise of the Borgification, like beyond transhumanism, that yeah, the, this the is transhumanism. Go on. Right, because they don't want the human at all. They, it's like the human is the um, what's what's the, the right way to say this? The it, it's it it's just the temporary housing to build yeah. non-human tech. We're we're the host. Right, we're just the yeah. host. We're just the host that, to be that's discarded. It, like. This is that when people ask, why don't they kill us? What they have intended for humanity is far worse than death. So this is beyond the matrix where, you know, in the matrix science fiction film, human bodies were you know, captured, put into cocoons and then harvested for bioenergy and then given a false reality through, you know, the neural interface. Right. So we're living in, in also a kind of a false reality because of all the fake news and fake science and everything mm -hmm. and not being told the real story. But the real story is you, you don't have to be plugged into a cocoon. These things are growing inside you anyway. Yes, that's correct. Without your knowledge. And they're, they're communicating with each other. They're engaging in their own cognition completely separate from your awareness or your cognition. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, they do need um, electromagnetic signals like the source energy from cell phones and 5G, whatever and stuff. But uh, and I got to pull the pan at some point, they get to a point of development where they can they can actually uh, create and emit their own electromagnetic fields. So wait a minute. Th this technology could have only succeeded at the era in which humanity was saturated with electromagnetic technology. Yes. We are in. Uh, we we are a slave to the technology that is going to lead to our extermination. So yeah. the only way to block all this is to basically live in a Faraday cage. <laughs> well, no. Or humanity unites, right? And we take down five G. We we tear up the fiber optics and Starlink. There's twenty three hundred. Starlink comes down, and I don't. I'm really. Sick. Everyone has told me, well, that can't happen. Well, you know, Musk and man put those 2,300 satellites up so God's people can take it down or God will take it down himself. Well, hold on. Uh, the Russians are taking it down, too, by the way. So the Russians are destroying Starlink satellites. And this just broke today. A major satellite uplink Earth station in Ukraine has been destroyed by the Russians. And this is this is blinded all of Ukraine from NATO satellite communications as of today. That's interesting. That's, that's fantastic news. And I, and I, I feel I, I, my heart breaks for our military because they've been a big part of getting, you know, 
SpaceX and Starlink up and, and 5G and 6G towers. I think the Army just put up 80 5, 6G towers, as you want to call that, with AT&T. So they're being told they need this for their military, you know, defensiveness and combat. And they're really putting up towers that are going to be used to activate the technology inside of them to execute and exterminate them. Well, I know they've been so betrayed. They've been so betrayed. They've been so betrayed. And then do and you have Austin mandates they get injected right. with the graphene oxide carbon nanotubes to put this technology in their bodies. Is there anything in the research that you've encountered that indicates when they would want to activate this? Or what are they waiting for? Any idea? I don't know. They, they, well, the original plans was they weren't going to start put, putting this technology up according to the Chinese company that's, you know, military end use. They were going to, they really weren't going to go full steam ahead until the end of 2022. They're way ahead of schedule, Mike, because the, they put up, the Army put up 86G towers like in the last couple months. And they're not, and then another, just a few, Weeks ago, I think they funded another couple million dollars to put up more 6G towers now in like local neighborhoods. So they're putting them up on military bases. The military thinks it's for them. It's to exterminate the military first. So the 6G right. towers are going up on military bases to, to exterminate them first, or to or to hijack their central nervous system, as we you know we'll go through and see, you know, to make them. One thing that people need to know here yeah. is that the the smaller the wavelength which also means the higher the frequency yes. also the shorter the distance that these things can can function at which means it's easier and easier to get away if you get out of the cities right yeah but so, no I'm, i have to write a substack the thing is they've laid fiber optics under the ground and like throughout parks and cities and around buildings yeah but but the fiber optics themselves can't get you they the fiber optic optics have to terminate in another tower somewhere near you yeah, I just, yeah, I, I, no, I agree with you. I'm worried from what, and I, I'm, I'm going to write an article on subject. I'm ready from, I'm worried from what I read, like how, how much fiber optics have been laid, like. Well, there's, there's tons of fiber all over the place, but, yeah. but I mean, we use fiber, you know, for our, our data center and so on. And it's very contained in, you know, in the fiber optic cables, which is, which is why it works so well, because nothing gets out, right? But yeah. if they terminate it into towers you know 6g towers then boom you got a broadcast point but that yeah. but that broadcast point doesn't have much of a range because of the frequency is so high so you can get away from these like get just getting out of the cities getting into rural countryside but then then again satellites right so they're going to try to blanket the whole earth mass with satellite 5g yeah and then people are also they're putting like i think they're called nano mass so like sometimes like you'll have a little thing in your house that actually is like is going to emit 5g within your house so you can get the speed and all that stuff so oh yeah the internet of things and yeah people are so buying devices from amazon that spy on them and all all that i mean at the end of the day this technology again that we're apparently have become a slave to um really is going to be to our extermination if we don't you know if we don't go back i mean i don't know copper wire so i mean I, it's not uh, I don't. I don't think the extermination of humanity is is worth uh, the convenience, you know, of um, smartphones. I don't know. You know. Well, I, I, I'm not sure that people under thirty would agree with you. They they, they would rather die <laughs> than lose their smartphone. I think. Oh, not my son. Not my son. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm sorry. Okay. I keep interrupting let's keep you. Let's keep going. So this is again. Um, this is the patent that's called Intelligent Sensor Platform. So if you go to and I, I'm going to write this up, and when it's written up, I'll provide the link. It's section zero two one. So it, it it just states here that the technology in some embodiments 
you know, is programmed with minimal functionalization. So that means we, as soon as we, we don't need to signal it, we can pre-program it to go to the central nervous system, Whoa. pass the blood brain barrier. Okay. Um, and, and then those cages, they, they can also deliver the payload can be a virus, an mRNA virus, the payload, you know, um, that, that can then produce, but what's being produced is not a biologic spike protein. So that's right there in this patent. Sure and but then what I found was interesting was saying here that there's other types of art. So th within this technology, um, that show immunogenicity after crossing the blood brain barrier. So sometimes it's failed, but when it works, there's immunogenicity. This is a horrible idea, Mike. The last thing you want is for your brain to start um, going into an inflammatory response. That's what this means. That robust immune response is this giant inflammatory response. Wow. So this causes brain inflammation. All right. Yeah. Let's continue. We're, we're almost out of time. Okay, so. Okay, yeah. And so, and then and sometimes it happens in less than 30 minutes. So this is why, so COVID-19, this could be aerosol and whatnot. This is why the symptoms one out of 13 people with COVID, they have neurological brain symptoms. This yes. is why the uh, Rothschilds are funding SARS-CoV-2 neuroinvasiveness because it's the AI bioweapon going to your brain. This is why they want to take samples of your brain and your spinal fluid to find their AI nanoweapon and how far it's developed in your brain and your central nervous system. Okay, this is straight from the NIH uh, website studies. And then um, this is the, the patent that is owned by, we talked about this last time, Elric. Uh, and it's filed in uh, United Arab Emirates, uh, Israel, and the United States. And it's a technology for all COVID-19 vaccines. It shows the under-the-skin sensor neural network, right, how you're all connected to one another. Um, and you can exchange data with each other because somehow or another these 20 people are surrounding someone they know wasn't vaccinated. And it's all the vaccines on the World Health Organization. And everyone's like, okay, we know that, Karen, got it. But as you keep reading through the patent... In section 30053, it's also all clinical, all products listed on the NIH website for COVID-19. And it says, so that includes hydroxychloroquine, azithromycin, and zinc. So that can be considered a vaccination. They can put this smart technology in, in Paxlovid. They can put this technology in any, not, not just treatments, they can put it in diagnostics. They can put it in the PCR test. They can put so it in masks. If the NIH says you should wear a mask, then they can put it for COVID-19, they can put it in a mask. This is horrifying because many of the, the big vaccine, or I'm sorry, the, the pharmaceutical companies own vitamin and supplement companies. Yeah. So they can put it actually in vitamins. Yeah, they, they can absolutely put it in vitamins. Uh, I wish I had the slide that showed all the, the big pharma companies that are making the lipid nanoparticles. Uh, that's a great point. I'm going to add that to my Substack. Okay. okay. But now as you go through the pattern, it gets worse. Okay. I'm because... happy to give you more ideas to make this more horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> That's, just if you need more horrifying ideas, just just give me a call. So 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 it can go into the, you know pills, uh, any IV, so any needle. Anytime you go in the hospital, they can stick this into in you for for quote unquote. Actually, this isn't even for COVID nineteen. This is why Biden passed that cells need to be programmed like computers because he on, on September twelfth with his executive order not passed, he sent an AO executive order because they want to put it in everything. Uh, Dental supplies. supplies. Dental supplies. Your toothpaste. Your mouthwash. That's crazy. Non-prescriptions. Oh. Like I said, over-the-counter remedies. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Just like we we're talking about. Yeah. Masks, markers, powders, pediatric care products. Jeez. Your baby formula. Okay. They want to put it in veterinary products. They're going to exterminate your 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 dogs and your cats. Okay. Uh, animal slaughter systems. So that is you know that's our food supply. Okay. Well, there's already mRNA injections happening in some in some cattle. Yeah, how do you think all those cattle fell over and died? 
they were they they sent them an EMF frequency. They were infected with this AI nano weapon, sent out the EMF frequency, and a thousand of those um, black Angus fell over, or hundreds, whatever. Wow. That was an EMF attack. On they so that's what they planned for humans. That was simply showing us what they can do with this EMF technology when it's activated. It wasn't a heat stroke. It was an EMF attack, and those black Angus were infected with this AI nano weapon. It says right here they're going to put it in animal slaughter system. So instead of taking the animals to slaughter, they're just going to do it with EMF. Right, and then it ends up in in the meat. And then it ends up in the meat. Yep, it does. And then you get infected through the meat. Um, what you eat. Uh, beautifying agents so liquids everything mike i mean and then they just they literally list wow. everything and then these psychopaths in section 0524 said um the above described embodiments have been set forth to describe more completely and concretely the present invention and are not to be construed as limiting the invention right yeah but He's textiles they say textiles it means they can put it in new clothing yeah yeah here in the bottom corner water milk food edible prostheses Great. I mean, they could put it in your contact lenses. They could put it in your intraocular lenses, soaps, creams. I mean, everything. But the thing is, the hope is, and I, I, is that this is all, I got to write the, this is all quantum dot is the backbone of this. And it's contingent on 5G and 6G towers. So, you know, what do you identify as? I mean, I think this is kind of the last, I think that's pretty much the last of my slides. Yeah. Oh, no. So let's go back to the Bible. So this is from Ephesians 6. And I got in trouble because I talked about this at a, an event I spoke at over the weekend because they're like, this is literal. And I'm like, I don't know if the Apostle Paul knew something we didn't know. So, you know, the Apostle John, you know, you know, obviously he tells us about God's power and love, but, you know, he's really, you know, he also talks about Satan's power, you know, and how the monarchy is and the evil and his plans, right? He warns us of that. And Apostle, you know, Paul, you know, uh, you know, he, he says here in Ephesians 6, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So there's literally 2,300 Starlink, Starlink satellites in the heavenly realms. So I'm showing you right now, this is an image. These are the these are these Starlink satellites that are currently active, the 2,300. And I know the heavenly, I know this is a spiritual battle. I mean, I pray every day. I mean, I know this is a spiritual battle and I pray repentance and we reunite and stuff but i also am like what if this is somewhat literal and i'm gonna get in trouble with people for saying this why 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 get in trouble i mean i don't know but here, so here's elon musk's logo no but what are people dragon. saying i don't understand why are they criticizing you for for i don't know I don't, i'm not because i'm not i'm not i'm much more well-read in patent sorry than i am um, in scripture scripture yeah i can't remember i i just don't memorize it as well as I, it's weird i mean like i just books and like i memorize weird data like technical data but anyway so this is elon musk's logo for dragon and dragon is spacex right and you know and he also does and it literally is you know it says he's going to speak like a dragon and have the horns of a goat that's literally what this thing looks like and he brings down fire from the sky for all of man to see which is what happens when the satellites come back into the earth's atmosphere there's a long stream of fire yeah. and then then NASA has got this weird uh, mascot that is some kind of multi-dimensional cosmic locust. <laughs> I mean, That's on yeah. the top left there. Yeah, so what on yeah. earth is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. What the, you know. But the, before the devil can deceive, destroy, he must deceive. And we've been under this great deception. And I, and I, am, I believe I believe if people repent and reunite under God, we can stop this. We do not know 
when the tribulation is going to happen. Nobody knows. And I know there's all those signs. But, you know, if Satan can deceive us that AI is the future of humanity, there's nothing we can do, you know, well, that's the great deception. That is the great deception, you know. Um, and if we can get the truth out there and God's people reunite, I believe that God's people can stop this. And I believe God will help us to stop this. So I don't, I, I don't like it when people tell me you can't take Starlink down. Like Elon Musk put them up. A man put them up there. Men can take them down. So yeah, of course. God's people can take them down. And if we don't, God's going to do it. But we should do it. We should really do it. Really, trust me, when God wants you to do something, you should do it. That's a whole other story. You know, so, I, I've interviewed other guests who say that Satan is actually an AI supercomputer. So, yeah, <laughs> I, I think it is because all this stuff is coming from the quantum film, film, uh, field. So it's from this demonic realm that people are opening up. Now, that demonic realm is going to take over your body, and there will not be free will. You won't even have a choice. You're going to be turned into a monster and a demonic slave to Satan. That's what this is going to do. And it's going to violate God's temple. Your body is not going to be human anymore. And it's, it's, it, this is worse than death. We have to stop this. Well, it seems to me that a lot of this is already happening because I've watched the transformation of certain individuals who used to be reasonable, you know, kind of normal people. And then after the vaccine, they, they became insane um, leftists, by the way. They always move to the left because then, then they start promoting, you know, child grooming and transgenderism and mutilations and all these things. And I don't know why that is. It's like the more evil you become, the more you go to that side of things. But I've, I've watched it in some people. They're not the people they used to be. It's like their personalities are totally different. Uh, it's really strange, too, because, yeah, people are normalizing pedophilia now and mutilating children. Right. And it's very it's like the gates are hell are open. We're right on like the edge. And, like, you know, when Satan, you know, rears his ugly head in front of these people, they're they're not going to. I mean, it's not. But what's odd is that somehow or another society, we we literally are at the gates of hell and, 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 and they're wide open. Right. And we need to go all the way back to the time of Levit Leviticus, when they're like, hey, you can't put seeds from two different fruits or vegetables in the same soil because they might cross and that makes God angry. Like we need to go all the way back. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, when men are women and women are men and, and, and God's laws are there not to protect God, they're to protect us. And Satan has deceived us into participating in the satanic rituals and into uh, hurting and hating one another. And, and, and that's the great deception. And, and, all this deception is exploiting technology, you know, not just 5G, but nanotech, uh, vaccine technology, uh, electromagnetic broadcast systems, sensor systems, all of it. And, and also transistors, of course, uh, uh, nanoscale transistors. So it's like all of this had to be given to humanity in order for humanity to build the prison that now enslaves humanity. Exactly. We freely built we freely participated in our own enslavement which will become our extermination and well, we you... freely voluntarily and eagerly participated in it yeah mm -hmm. that's okay. how Satan works because people wanted likes on facebook you know yeah just oh, i gotta have more likes uh you're you're killing yourself oh it's okay as long as i have more likes yep if they stop connecting with each other. So, I mean, Jesus, you know, when he was asked what the, the greatest commandment was, he said, it's simple. And he goes, you know, love God with all your heart, all your mind and all your soul. And then through that, through that love, 
love your neighbor as yourself. So people leave that part. It's not just love your neighbor as yourself. Through, through your love and, and as you serve God, love and serve other people. And these smartphones and everything have disconnected us from serving other people and loving God. And we start to become lovers of self, right? And people, I think there's a lot of people who believe they're serving God, but they're serving money, right? And then they are you know, using their, and, and that's what, that's why people aren't coming out and, and speaking the truth and standing up. And so we need to break through from this technology that has disconnected us from God and one another. And we, we really, as humanity, we need to reunite. And that's not like you're saying, it's not having likes on social media. You know, we need, we, we, we need to physically engage with one another again and physically show up and, and, and ways to, you know, um, you know, I, I, I'm very open with like getting on the phone and talking to people and meeting the people and working, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to show up. I want to show up, you know, yeah, clearly this, this whole concept of being able to, to fight a war by sending emails and social media posts is it, it's a, another deception from Satan. That's all it is. It's yeah. a distraction from actually doing something. Well, you're, you're doing extraordinary work. And, and once again, I know this is going to blow people's minds and uh, it's, it's just, I tell you, you're, what you are doing is absolutely, it's just incredible. It's amazing. And I also see you are influencing a lot of other influencers. So I see people using your work. Sometimes they give you credit even, but often not um, <laughs> using your work and saying the things that, that you're saying now. Um, and also I, I, I have, I mean, I influence other influencers too. Okay. That's pretty much what I wanted to share. That's such a long one. There's so much... Act in this that we talked about um, diet and cancer and <laughs> a little things to go research. <laughs>